Oh, God, when the roll is called up yonder, please, 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 I'll be there. We'll be there by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. On the cusp of a new year, what's the teaching that you would have for us? Jesus will speak in today's Scripture, so may we hear His voice loud and clear. Hide mine and all the others to make sure that happens. We pray in His name. Amen. I'm going to put a picture on the screen for you right now. When you see it, I'm going to ask you, do you know who this is? This is from recent news. See if you recognize. I, I apologize for the picture being out of focus. Let's put it on the screen. It's out of focus because the cameraman can't keep up with him. Do you know who that is? Do you, you don't know who that is. I'll give you one more picture. This should be a help to you. <laughs> That's my man, Usain Bolt. Take a look at him. You are, looking at, you are looking at the world's fastest human being alive today. When he ran the 100 meter sprint and won that sprint with the gold, he ran it in 9.63 seconds. I figured out how fast that is. That is moving at 34 feet per second. 34 feet. That's moving at 37.38 kilometers per hour or 23.02 miles per hour, which is fast enough to get you a ticket on this campus from campus security. <laughs> That's how fast he moves. That's how fast. Usain Bolt, the lightning bolt. And get this, he was even faster when he partnered with his three Jamaican buddies in that, <clears throat> excuse me, in that final 4 by 100 meter relay. In fact, they figured out the average time that all four ran for each of their 100s, 9.21 seconds. Now, you understand with a relay, you get to start running before, before you get the, the uh, baton or the baton, whichever way you prefer to call it. So you, 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 you're not starting from scratch. That's why it's a little faster. But the deal with the relay, the deal with the relay, as you know, you can be the fastest, you can be the fastest human being on this earth, but if you do not connect, if you do not connect, let's put the picture of the American team up. They were right behind, just a, a few hundreds behind uh, our friends, the Jamaicans. The, but the deal on relay is if you do not connect, the race is over. You have to connect. The secret to the race is the connect. You know what? That's the truth about this life, isn't it? The secret to life is the connect. No connect. No finish. The secret is the connect. You say, what in the world are you talking about, Dwight? I'm talking about what Jesus is talking about in a very peculiar parable. Open your Bible. Please, open your Bible to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. Luke, chapter 14. And while you're finding Luke 14, we're going to put the title slide on the screen because there are two little, there, there are two parts to this mini-series. Let's put it up right now. Bless you. The, this little mini-series is entitled Simple Church for Unsimple Times. The dark night is rising. These are unsimple times. So today and next week, Simple Church for Unsimple Times. Then two weeks from today, the dark night rises. Luke chapter 14. I'm in the New King James Version. In fact, I'm in my Andrews Study Bible, New King James Version, and I'm saying that because you who are new students here, that's one of the gifts that you're going to receive. You're going to get your very own Andrew's study Bible, and you're going to be blessed by it. That's what I preach out of. So we're here at, uh, we're, we're here at Luke 14. You didn't bring a Bible. You've got, this is a peculiar parable. You've got to track it. Here's the page number for the parable, 703 in your pew Bible. Pull that pew Bible out. Let's go. 703. 
All right. Any translation you bring is fine by me, by the way. Doesn't matter at all. Let's begin in verse 15. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with Jesus heard these things, whoa, hit the pause button right here. Because what has happened is that Jesus has ju just dropped a little bombshell in the polite company of a Sabbath dinner. The host is a ruling Pharisee. The hoity-toity of the Pharisees of that town, they're all reclining around the table. Bad timing, Jesus. Because what happened was the wealthy would have their feasts, even on Sabbath, and the poor would come because sometimes there were handouts. And Jesus spots in the, in the, in the periphery a man with dropsy, swollen portions, abnormal swelling of his body. And Jesus decides he's going to heal the man on the Sabbath. And he heals him. Not a good way to begin dinner with a Pharisee on the Sabbath. Moreover, after he does that, Jesus has... Whew, this is a rather blunt word to his host. Just turn back to verse 12. Then Jesus said to him who had invited him, you're talking to your host now. You haven't even started eating yet. And you're talking to your host. And Jesus said to him, when you give a dinner or a supper... Do not ask your friends, your brothers and sisters, your relatives, nor your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. No, 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 no. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus certainly is not against having your friends over for a Sabbath dinner. Jesus loved eating with his friends Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. He loved those moments. What Jesus is saying is much deeper than that. In fact, the Greek reads this way. Here's the Greek. Do not be in the habit of inviting only your friends. I mean, come on. What's the point of only inviting people who can invite you back? It's as if Jesus is saying, hey, guys, the next time you put your Sabbath dinner list together, I wish... Your hospitality list would be driven by the needs of your fellow men and women, the needy. I wish you would leave your friends and invite, some, like this man I just healed, invite some of them to your Sabbath dinner. In fact, why don't you invite the poor, the marginalized, the disenfranchised? Why don't you invite the alienated to your dinner? Oh, they'll never be able to repay you, but you will have made, you will have made a forever difference by that invitation. Silence. Awkward silence. And then one of the Pharisees, in an effort to get the attention off of them and kind of break this uncomfortable pause, he bursts out in a peon of pious blather. It doesn't even make sense. He says, oh, blessed is the one who gets invited to eat bread in the kingdom of God. What? We're not talking about eating bread in the kingdom of God. But he was so nervous, he had to slip something in. Jesus says, oh, really? You're planning to be there, are you? Let me tell you a story. And here we go. Now, here comes a peculiar story. Verse 16. When Jesus said, then Jesus said to him, the man with this pious platitude, then Jesus said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. Now, you're going to be thinking about a certain man, but you and I already know that between the lines, this certain man is representing a very certain God. You watch. So a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. Verse 17, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited. Notice this, ladies and gentlemen, they've already been invited. 
They've already been invited. Now this is just a little confirmation. He sends a ser servant to them to say, come for all things. Y'all come now because everything's ready. Do you, do you get these little uh, save the date postcards? This is a whole new, whole new thing in society, I guess. You send out a postcard saying, hey, we're going to have this big event in... Uh, Two months, three months, whatever. We'll send a more official and formal invitation later, but save the date. We do that now, don't we? Orientals did it in the time of Christ. Invitation went out. People marked it out. I'll be there. They already RSVP'd. Now comes, now comes the personal invitation. Come, for all things are now ready. Well, watch this. Verse, verse, verse 18. But they all... Obviously, this man, has put, this man has put together a list of his closest friends. These are friends. These are people that he loves hanging around with. But they all, can you believe this? But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first, it's almost like there's some kind of collusion going on here. The first said to the servant, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Are you serious? That is the flimsiest, flimsiest of excuses. Nobody buys a piece of real estate sight unseen, do you? Are you kidding? You walk it off, you exact. No, no, I like this. And he's saying, I bought some land. I need to go check it out. Flimsy, flimsy. And then the servant goes to another, verse 19, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Flimsy, flimsy. I want to tell you something. The first automobile I ever bought was an old 1961 uh, VW Beetle. Do you remember those VW Beetles? Yes, you do. Six volt. I bought it from an owner in downtown Chattanooga, and I made the, f I made the first mistake of my auto purchasing experience. I bought the car in the dark. <laughs> Not wise. You gotta see this thing in the day. It was under a street lamp. I'm taking this guy's word for it. He says, this is beautiful. I learned my lesson. Nobody makes a purchase of five yoke of oxen not having checked, hey, uh, okay, I think you'll be fine. Right? Flimsy excuse. It's like they're trying to come up with something. Why? I don't want to be with you tonight. I have something more important. That wouldn't be you. That wouldn't be me, of course, but I'm, you know, it's in the parable. So he goes to a third. Where's the third? Still another, this is verse 20. Still another said to the servant, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Period. That's a henpecked husband, if ever. I am married. Truth of the matter is, truth of the matter is, that in the ancient code, newlyweds were given a year off from civil and military service. This is just one night with your host friend. What do you mean you can't give a night with him? And by the way, this, this guy, this young newlywed, is so in your face that he just says, I'm not coming. The other two say, oh, please have me excused. I, I ask to be excused, please. Not this guy, just out. How would you like to be the servant? You've gone through the whole invitation list, the closest friends to the host. How would you like to be the servant and have to go back and tell your master, oh, by the way, nobody has time for you. I mean, this next moment is a very embarrassing moment because he has to go back and he has to... <clears throat> so what did you find out? How many are coming? Huh? You got the list? And he has to announce that not a single soul of the closest inner circle of the host 
has time for the host. Now, I'll tell you what, in the Oriental culture in which Jesus is telling this story, the refusal of the invitation was the refusal of the friendship. I don't want to come. I don't want to come. I'm too busy. I got stuff. I mean, come on, you're not coming up with excuses like that. Am I? And the poor master, the poor host, what's he going to do? He has labored for hours to prepare this feast. Hours. Major expenses invested in this banquet, and now nobody's coming. Would you be upset? Yes or no? Huh? I'll ask the women here. Would you be upset if you planned for a whole day, a dinner, and nobody came? Would you be upset? Ladies, let me hear. All right. Of course you would be. You'd be terribly upset and offended. I mean, come on, these are my friends. But if plan A doesn't work, the host who reminds us of somebody else, the host moves from plan A to plan B. And the host turns, he said, okay, okay, let's do this. Where is this? Verse 21, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, okay, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and I want you to bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. The very categories, by the way, Jesus has just said, be really nice if you brought these kind of people home. The host does it. Plan B, bring in the riffraff, bring in the marginalized. I haven't gone to all this trouble and not be able to give my food to somebody in this house. And the servant goes out. He really does. He goes out, and then he comes back. I don't know, an hour, two later? He comes back. What is this in uh, verse 22? And the servant comes back and says, Master, it is done as you commanded, and sti we still got room. So the master who first says, go to the streets and lanes, that's inside the city walls, now says, listen, we've, we've saturated the city. Okay, I'm asking you now to go to the highways and byways, out to the hedges, go as far as you can go. Anybody who's breathing, give them the invitation. Bring them. Bring them into my house. Because, now notice, I, and this is the punchline. I want you to get it. Then the master, verse 23, said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. That my house may be what? I want to say that out loud with you. That my house may be what? May be filled. Let's say that again. That my house may be filled. There it is. That's the whole punchline to today's teaching. That my house may be filled. What's going on here? You've got a host who has close friends who don't have time for him, apparently. They go around saying, oh, I'm a friend of his. Oh, I'm a friend of his. Have no time for him. And the host says, you know what? We're not having an empty party. I'll take anybody. Anybody. Connect. Connect. Connect with anybody. Bring them in to my house. Wow. Remember that, remember that old gospel hymn? Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Remember that? To Jesus. That's what they're doing. Just bring them in. Hey, 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 whoa, come here. Come in, come in, come in, come in. My house must be filled. He's the God of the filled house. He's just like you. He hates empty places around his table. You know, it's embarrassing sometimes to go to somebody's house and they say, we're so glad you came. And there are all these empty places around the table. Like, uh, maybe I don't know something here. Maybe this isn't the home to go to. <laughs> don't you think a host feels a little embarrassed? All these empty places? Find anybody you can. You know what? God is the God of a house 
above that will be filled. I was with the Koreans a few Sabbaths ago uh, preaching. 1,200 Koreans came onto our campus for their camp meeting from the, east, the eastern half of the United States. And I have the privilege of working with them, doing a satellite series the end of September with a Korean translator beside me from Baltimore to every Korean church in North America, 150,000 Adventists. There are 2.5 million Koreans of belief or no belief in American Canada, U.S. and Canada. So I chose as our text, this text, and I want you to see the picture of the God who wants a house filled. This is John. He's giving a little snapshot of what's going to be when Jesus takes all the saved back to heaven. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number, arithmetic. Nobody could do the arithmetic on this of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues. By the way, John has done the numbers on the angels, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. He's come up with 100 million plus angels, but when he tries to count the saved humans, he runs out of fingers. He cannot count them. Amazing. Apparently, God really goes out into the hedges and the highways and gets anybody. Okay, what's the next uh, slide? There were all these, these uncountable innumerable throng. There they are standing before the throne and before the Lamb, <clears throat> clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they're crying with a loud voice, megalophone in the Greek, they're like a megaphone shout. They're singing. It belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. When God throws a party at the end of human history, trust me, His house will be full. The people He wanted may not be there. But he'll still have a full house. He's not going into eternity with half of the place settings empty. Everybody who wants to cross the finish line with him will be there. He's the God of the full house. I love that. My house will be filled. God is huge, isn't he, ladies and gentlemen? God is huge on connecting with lost people. And clearly Jesus' story suggests that even so, we must be huge on connecting with lost people. Big on connecting with lost people. I'm going to put a, put a line on the screen for you right now. Over the last few months, you've seen some, some uh, framed statements. It's Pioneer's mission in a single line, transforming this generation. We're all about this generation. We're not about the one to come. We're not about the one that's left. We're about this one because we're on a university campus. Transforming this generation. And our mission is, is, is one line long. Watch this. Our mission begins with connect. Then our mission goes to grow. Just four words in our mission statement. Connect, grow, serve is the next line. Go is the last word. Four words. Connect, grow, serve, go. But for this morning, I want to take that connect. Let's drop that connect down. And I want to spend a few moments just brooding over what it means to connect. Connecting with people and connecting people with God. I mean, you think about it, isn't that what Calvary was all about? Connecting people with God. Uh, Panama para Cristo. That's the whole deal. Connecting people with God. El mundo para Cristo. The whole world. We've got to connect with God. Yeah, that's what Calvary's about. By the way, that's, that's the passion of Calvary. It surely would be the passion of the church of Calvary, wouldn't it? That would, that would have to be our passion. Young and aged and in between, red and yellow, black and white. What's God's passion? Put it on the screen, please. That my house may be filled. That's all I want. Just fill my house. Which is why God's house, I want you to think about this. God's house is the perfect opportunity to connect. Not his house up there. I'm thinking about his house right here. 
I'm thinking about how God is here in this house in a sense in which He's in no other house in this community. I'm thinking about how God is here in this day, the Sabbath, in which He is in no other day of the week. So you get Sabbath, His day, and church, His house. This is the perfect place to connect. For that reason, in your worship bulletin today is a little tiny card that looks like this. Would you pull it out for a moment, please? This is what we call the Connect card. The Connect card. What's it about? It's about connecting people. It's about connecting people with God. I want you to take a look at it. This, little, this simple little card, by the way, every Sabbath we've had it in the bulletin since March. This little card is for you and me. Are you a guest here? Are you a member here? It doesn't matter. Are you young? Are you aged? It doesn't matter. Are you saved? Are you lost? It doesn't matter. This is for all of us. This is the Connect card. Because you can't come to an end of a teaching as we have here every Sabbath. You can't come to the end of a teaching and not take the next step. There has to be something. I've got I to reconnect with God. And by the way, the preacher has to reconnect. I fill these cards out because I'm preaching to myself even as we're sharing a Bible teaching. I have to make a next step. So on the, let's, let's put the, the, the front of the card up, please. On the front of the card, you have the salient information that will enable us to send you something. If you put an email address there, sometimes we offer material, bingo, you get that material within 48 hours. We, it's our pledge to get it to you, the material. You want to put your name, of course, email. Is this your first time? We're glad to have you. So on. I'm not going to read through that. You want to put your demographic information down? You may. Nobody's, come, nobody's coming to your door with this information. But you give an email address, we'll get it to you. So this is about yourself. But at the end of every teaching, here's what happens. The Connect card now becomes the next step. Let's put the next step up. Let's turn the card around. This is the, we call this the next step side of the card. And how does the next step work? It works like this. Every teaching has some practical, specific ways I can take the next step. I don't want to just hear this and go out and forget it. I want to do something about it. I want to act on what the Holy Spirit is impressing me to do. So that's why the back of your card says, my next step today is, and then we'll list something, something practical, something you can do. I try to make sure I, I get at least two, two out of those. Usually there are three. But now I want to draw your attention to the right side of the card, that little box I'm interested in. Listen carefully. For some worshipers, this second box is what becomes the life-changing box. We've seen it happen in just the few weeks we've been doing it. Look at, look at this. Look at the uh, little box. I'm interested in beginning a relationship with Jesus. We're a university campus. Come on, we got, we got students from uh, almost 100 different nations. It is possible that in a campus this large, there are many who have yet to connect with Christ. We may have some new students who are sitting right here. Boy, I want to tell you something, Dwight. i got a collection of butterflies in my stomach. I can't believe I'm doing this. A whole new chapter. I'm scared spitless. We may have some freshmen here who need to take the next step and begin a full-fledged, not because I'm under mommy and daddy. No, I'm on my own now. A full-fledged next step relationship with Jesus. If you put a check mark there... 48 hours. You give us an email address, 48 hours. We'll send you material to begin to grow a friendship with Jesus. We'll send you a little video. We'll send it all to you. We're not coming to your home or dorm room. We have to make this connect opportunity available. Look, look at the next one, information on baptism. 
This one has blown us out of the water, to be, to be very candid with you. Our baptisms in this university congregation have gone just like this. Why? Because every single Sabbath, the Holy Spirit has an opportunity to speak to somebody. You've been here five weeks in a row, and you say, nah, I'm not into that. Nah, I'm not into that. Week number six, you're sitting here, and the Holy Spirit says, by the way, I've been thinking about you with this number two. Could you, do you want to follow Jesus in baptism? Nobody gets baptized on the spot, but everybody gets an opportunity to decide. That may be you. You've never been baptized. You've been waiting. What are you waiting for? This is perfect. You're here now, Andrews University. Your new opportunity to begin a brand new chapter, just you and Jesus. I thank God for your parents who've invested a lot of money to get you here and have invested their lives to protect you till you've gotten here, but you're on your own now. We're here to journey with you. We're not, we're, you're, hey, Mom and Dad, I see you turning to each other. We're, you're not dumping them off. We'll stay with them. We'll stay with them. But, madam, young madam, young sir, you're on your own now. It's not family in Jesus. It's you in Jesus. Haven't been baptized? Put a check mark there. Number three. What's number three? Information on church membership. We have visitors from all over Michiana who, who come into this church, all over the world. We need to make that available. At number four, I want to sign up for a ministry team. I, want to, I don't want to just be here in a lump on the log. I want to be involved. You, you, put, you check number four. We'll send you 12, 14 ministries that right now can take you. And we'll tell you how to get in touch with that ministry leader. It's, it's, it's to make the next step possible. It's to connect. To connect. That's why we call it the connect card. And what's the big deal about it? Put it up on the screen again, please. That my house may be filled. God has a passion. Listen, if I can't get my friends, go out in the streets. Can't get those in the streets? Go out in the highways and hedges. Get me. Bring, bring my runaway earth children to me. Come to me. Come, 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 come. It's God's passion. This must be, it must be our passion too. All right, all of this is leading up for me to make a big announcement now to our Pioneer family. We are announcing today, right now, a brand new worship paradigm for this university congregation. We went on a, on a retreat this summer, our senior leadership team, back in June, and we prayerfully wrestled with, okay, if God is big, uh, if God has a passion to connect with lost people, are we making this golden Sabbath morning opportunity really accessible? Are we making it easy to go to? Or are we kind of like, uh, you know, this is a little difficult, but if you really get up early and come, we'll, we'll be able to do this with you. We've run this by our leadership team. We've run this by our elected leadership. It's no secret that here at Andrews University, we have a significant number of students who either sleep through the morning in their residences or simply are disconnected with any notion of church, worship, and God. What could we do if you could be a friend of one of them, could bring them here? How could we make this as easily accessible as possible? I want to put a sentence on the screen for you. Therefore, because, I just want you to see the whole sentence. Because Sabbath morning is the most opportune time to connect people with God, bar none, there's no other time as, as opportune as this. Because Sabbath morning is the most opportune time to connect people with God, here's the rest of the sentence, we need to make Sabbath morning the most accessible time for people to connect with God. This has to be just as easy as we can possibly make it for your friends and you to connect with God. And so we are recommending two actions, and these will begin on September 11. Two weeks from today, the dark night rises. That's when we begin the new time, our new paradigm. Two actions. Action number one, we're going to shorten each worship service by 15 minutes. 
shortening it. We had a member come up afterwards and say, at first service, and say, come on, pastor. It's, it's like, I really, I look all week, I'm looking forward to this, and you're cutting it down. Whoa, don't, 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 don't jump to that conclusion. Step two is grow. I'll say more about grow later, not today. Grow is going to bring some of the elements that you think you're missing by a shorter service. You're going to get it in the grow. Connect, grow, serve, go. No, we're going to cut it down. We're going to cut it down. Action number two, we're going to take those saved minutes and put together a new Sabbath morning schedule. That God's house may be filled. All right, let's go. Let's put it on the screen. I want to show you. First celebration, 9 o'clock in the morning. We've been having first celebration at, at 8.20. 40 minutes later, we're going to start First Church. It'll be a shorter service. 9 o'clock in the morning. By the way, Students, freshmen who are kind of, you're going to just check it out these first few weeks. By the way, it is a very fresh kind of service. I mean, it's the first thing in the morning, but it's not so hard now. It's not 8.20, it's 9 o'clock. Young parents who are saying, man, I love to get my ch kids to first service because they're always the most attentive. There's a children's story always in first. There won't be a children's story come September 1 and 2nd. Ah, I'd like to get it, but 8.20 is too early. I can't get my kids ready. Hey, Mom, 9 o'clock now. Perfect. 9 to 10, 15, 75 minutes long. This worship service is being cut down, 15 minutes cut off, 75 minutes long. Okay, so then Sabbath school will now be, let's see the next line, Sabbath school will be after a 15-minute break. You get a 15-minute break. Then Sabbath school will be from 10.30 to 11.30. It's already been an hour long downstairs. Some of our satellite Sabbath schools are going to cut back 10 minutes. For the children, it's already been an hour. Others will cut back 10 minutes. Sabbath school from 10.30, 10.30 to 11.30. Another 15-minute break, then we go to second celebration, and that will be at 11.45 to 1. Notice this, old-timers. 1, the, 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 the ending time is still the same. We didn't push anything later than 1 o'clock. It's still the same. We just cut it down 15 minutes. First celebration, Sabbath school, second celebration. Now, look, we understand. We understand that in order to pull this off, it will necessitate careful planning and execution. The sermons will have to be shorter. Hold your applause. <laughs> the, the, ser the sermons will have to be shorter. So the staff says, all right, Doc, you've got to get it down to 30. But then we'll give you, we'll give you 10 minutes Q&A, live Q&A, live microphone Q&A. Oh, I could do that. All right. Sermons will have to be shorter. A more streamlined flow of music. We can't have organizations coming here and saying, we want to play three numbers today. We're going to fill up all... Nope, sorry. Can't do it. Music will have to be more streamlined. There need to be a creative blending of special features with a changing template from Sabbath to Sabbath, particularly in our second celebration. You're not going to get a better uh, music director than Josh. We'll have a whole team, praise team up here next Sabbath. They're ready to go. 75 minutes. It's going to be tight. But it's now accessible. We'd love to see some who are going, coming to second now say, hey, I could do the 9 o'clock. That'd open up more room here. Then we can get more. The whole point is that his house may be filled. We have to fill the house of God. Con people connecting with him. That my house may be filled. For that reason, all three worship communities that Pioneer sponsors, New Life, One Place, and Pioneer 1 and 2, all of these will officially launch this new schedule September 1. Everybody's on it come September 1. Two weeks. Because if it's enough, it, it is not enough for us to maintain the status quo around here. If God is passionate about connecting with people, 
and having his house filled, then we must do whatever it takes to reach people on a Sabbath morning. It's the most opportune time. Let me put it one more time on the screen for you. What's the big deal? The punchline of Jesus' parable, that my house may be filled. Which is why I want to end with a story now. A short story. Just learn about this. Kathy and Conrad, Conrad Dembski are active members in our congregation right here. Kathy, by the way, is a School of Architecture librarian. She is a, an expert in Waldensian history. Quite a, quite a scholar. Anyway, they invited last Sabbath. So this is a very fresh story. Last Sabbath, they invited some friends to come to church. Hey, come to church with us. Because that's what all this is about. Just come to church. They invited some friends. And lo and behold, the friends show up and they brought their pastor. And so the friends and the pastor are here last Sabbath. Heard a great sermon with Pastor Michael preaching last Sabbath. He had a chance to meet them afterwards. They said, we're going to come again. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's what I need to be doing. That's what you can be doing. It's just coming up to somebody and saying, hey, why don't you come to, why don't you come to worship with me? You know you'll never be embarrassed here. You will never be embarrassed here. You can bring anybody you want, any religion, any persuasion, no religion, bring them. Listen, if you will get your, your neighbor, your colleague, your roommate, the guy across the hall in the dorm, if you will get your friend here, the Holy Spirit will take it from here. You just get him here. We'll do, the Holy Spirit will do the rest. We'll try to help. Cooperate with the Spirit. And when that Connect card comes, as it will come every single week, the Holy Spirit says, good, I have some private conversations I need to quickly do here. That my house may be filled, the most opportune time in the pioneer's life, the life of this university congregation, the most opportune moment to connect with God is always Sabbath morning. We're not bringing in the hired guns and every three years have them try to find lost people. We're going to do it here every single week. Bring your friend. You got a friend. Bring, bring a colleague. Bring a classmate. You bring them here, the Holy Spirit will take it from here. All you have to do is say, come. So, if I were going to tweet this bottom line to this uh, teaching today, here's my tweeted line today, because I, I have a, an account on uh, Twitter, as most of you know. Here's the, here's the bottom line today. It only takes one come to connect. That's the truth. It only takes one come to connect. You have the come. God will do the connect. Do the come. He'll do the connect. And his house gets filled one by one. What do you say to that? Amen. And amen. Would you take your card now? We're at the end of our service. Take your card. I want to go through these three with you. Just these three. My next step today. Okay, Dwight, what's my next step on the teaching that you've just shared? Number one, I, I'm going to put a check on these. In fact, I already have mine marked up here. Here's the one I have marked up. So I put a check here. I want to connect people with God. Is there anybody here who does not want to connect people with the living God, the creator, the savior, the, the, the forever friend of the universe? Anybody here don't want to connect anybody with God? No. We all can put a check mark right there. You've been a member here 20 years? Put a check mark there. You're brand new today? I want to help. I don't even know God. Your box is number two. Put a check mark there. We'll be in touch with you. Email. Okay, number one, I want to connect with God. Number two, I will ask God to show me people I know who are ready to connect with Him. That's not a bad deal. God, I never know who's ready. 
Just impress me. Impress me. Impress me. Am I working around somebody? Am I playing golf with somebody? Am I, am I shooting hoops with somebody who's ready to come? Impress me. That's number two. So I put a check mark there. Now, here's the, here's the third option. Because it only takes one come to connect, I will seek to invite someone to come to this worship celebration next week or some Sabbath soon. So you're not under pressure to have to do this by next week. Some Sabbath soon. Just bring somebody with you. We'll never embarrass you. And the Holy Spirit will be right here, ready to go. It only takes one come to connect. After you've put those check marks, longtime member, the offering uh, plate is coming by in just a, just a moment. Just drop it in the offering plate. Just drop it in the offering plate. Visitor for the first time, glad you're here. Guest, just drop it in the offering plate. Honored to have you. Our morning tithes and offerings now will also be returned. That's why we have to do this at the end. Now you know. We have to do this at the end. Can't be done anywhere else in the service but right now. Our morning tithes and offerings. You know, Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. This is our chance to worship with our giving. You have something to give to God today? You can give a decision to Him. You can give what will grow His kingdom. I want to pray a prayer of dedication for the for these cards right now. Dear God, you are huge on connecting with people, lost people, aren't you? If your friends won't come, you'll go to those a little further away. If they won't come, you'll go, you'll, 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 you'll go to the ends of the earth, Calvary has taught us, to save lost men, women, teenagers, and children. Oh, God, we're trying to do, we're trying to be like you. We want, we want to connect lost people to you, not to us, to you. And so take this humble beginning and grow your house. Fill your house for your glory alone. Our tithes and offerings we cheerfully return. Take our humble gifts and multiply them for your glory anywhere on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.